I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're going to talk about the uh, first Wahenix game coming up, but we thought first we'd talk about that ridiculous display. Did you see it at all? I'm doing my best <laughs> to segue into IT crowd jokes because I really don't want to talk about the game. Sorry, that's a wrong crowd for that, mate. I don't never watch the IT crowd, so uh, you, it'll be lost on me. I'm sorry. Well, let me give you a full debrief now, and we can do that instead of the, talking about the game. <laughs> That's that, that has a strong uh, Melbourne City five, Wellington Phoenix one kind of feel to that uh, to that statement, mate. Um, um, unfortunately, I do not have a new pair of headphones to review, so <laughs> yeah, that um, it was. God, it's hard to describe this game, mate. Eh? It's hard. It's hard to get a feel. What I think the game of two way, halves. Not even, not even game of two halves. A game of three quarters and one quarter. Um, I think the best way to describe the match was that at the at the post match signing that the team always does. It's always loud. There's even no matter the result, the kids are so excited and everybody's buzzing because of where they are. You could hear a pin drop. There was lots of kids there and lots of people there, but there was just no noise. Everybody was just completely deflated by the what had happened in the last 20 minutes of that game. I think if we're going to talk about the rug getting pulled out, we should probably talk about the rug getting put down in the first place. Uh, the uh, same starting lineup, um, which was surprising in a couple of aspects, but you know, when you've done as well as we did last week, I guess that's um, that's fair enough. Uh, Zawada got off to an absolute flyer. He was uh, he was on fire in those first 10, 15, 20 minutes. It was probably probably his best uh, best game, I think. Um, and obviously, a, a goal helps helps in that. It was a pretty pretty tidy finish, and you can kind of see those. It's kind of finished that uh, you can tell he's played at different times at a decent level. It's like that one who's very calm, just slots it, sort of like smashing it, just picking his spot and, and clean up. And obviously, he, he um, won a penalty as well, but. He seemed to get a lot of traction over those sort of long, long passes down the guts. Um, for some reason, I'm not sure exactly how that how how that really happened. Maybe it was we were sort of playing short and getting them pushed back uh, and and finding a bit of space over the top. Oh, it certainly felt tactical, like we were doing it on purpose. We did it so often throughout the game. And I know there's been calls about the or chats outside pot outside the pot about the whole long ball tactic, but. Uh, there was success with that, and it wasn't until they actually managed to close off those channels late in the second half that you know we, that we didn't have success doing that. I'm going to disagree. You are. Um, the I, I felt that that worked at the beginning because we were passing it around to the back so much. We were moving them side to side, drawing them out, and then we got the ball in behind, when we'd open space up and behind, and that's what we weren't doing the second half. We were just going whacking it long and in behind their centre-backs as opposed to in the gap between their midfield and backs, which we did. I mean, Zawada picked up a lot of ball in there. Um, Costa did as well. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, mainly those two, I think. But it was... I thought it was pretty solid. They were patient, which I really loved. We When the crowd's going ole every time you pass it round and you're looking good doing it yeah I, th I think i mentioned it like we just looked incredibly comfortable that first half they had one one chance it was to be fair it was a pretty decent chance and i did well to sort of smother it. but we just looked um really calm on the ball um and, and when they did i mean they kind of retreated to sort of two backs of well, four and a five really didn't they they kind of parked the bus a little bit but when they did try to press we were passing through them with relative ease and, and looking quite comfortable so I was a little bit, um, I wasn't too worried at that stage because it didn't feel like we'd get picked off on the counter because I didn't think that they would pick us off. You know, I thought we'd be able to pass through them when they when they did try to press. And um... I was going to say we didn't we didn't look under threat at all. 
and it didn't it didn't feel if it's the same way you feel it didn't feel like we were going going to get uh picked off at all the Wooten and um laws were just you know comfortable on the ball comfortable in the space they had reading the game quite well reading the strikers quite well and then western united seemed to lack creativity of any description and weren't exactly that good in transition and yeah it just felt like we was just a comfortable uh comfortable game for us at that point yeah it, it definitely i can't i don't know what the position stats but it felt like we just basically had all the ball we were passing it around and then it was just kind of even if they did get the ball it was just a desperate clearance and we'd pick the ball up again and do the same thing yeah i think at one point someone looked on their phone uh behind me and it was i think we had 72 percent position or something sometime in the first half which kind of felt that way that um and it didn't feel like it was position for position's sake either it felt like we were picking our moments to 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 attack it, it definitely felt like like my dominant image from that first half was Laws and Wooten parked on halfway, just slotting the ball back and forth from side to side. Yeah, see, mine, mine is uh, constantly pressing down the left-hand side with Sutz to drag Western United across and then doing long ball, diagonal balls across to Costa running down that right-hand side. That's my dominant image of that half for that so exact same thing. Calmly passing, calmly building and then going hard on there, going fast on the other side. I, I have two other views. Uh, one was yeah, Sats getting really forward and killing them down there and Risda just kicking lumps out of anyone who was, was getting trying to get past him. We should probably make special mention of Risda because I know that there's uh, one of our missing pod members, Dave, who uh, had particular umbrage with uh, Mr Risda and as did I. That, that hip throw, the judoka movie pulled on Costa. Yeah, just outside our box. Yeah. 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 It's like the ball... If it was there, it was barely there. And then he's literally done a full-point judoka hip throw on him. Uh, and the refs basically said, yeah, that's a foul, but it's nothing more. I mean... Is that the one where he gave him, like, the that's your last warning you've done? Like, yeah, he points out oh, which, three fouls which, before. And there's which a, one? That's, that's definitely the last one. And then goes yep. on, like, commits another four fouls. Before he he definitely... The, the ref definitely had a word with him. And Risden was absolutely back-chatting him. Just like... Uh, when the whistle blew, Risen gave it the big arm throw, like, what was that for? After launching Costa basically onto his back on the other side of him. It was just, yeah, the, the ref was not, he was not in control of that game. He was he was calling the fouls, but just those deliberate fouls, the intentional fouls, the, the cycling uh, of kicking player foul. Yeah, the, the simple yellow, early yellow card would have resolved some of that rubbish wouldn't it uh, and especially yeah. for a foul like Risden's just done there a yellow card there and he has to behave a lot better it's yeah, it's just simple game game management he seemed to be lacking yeah it sends a message to the rest of the teams as well though that it's like you've got to play football <laughs> I guess the frustrating is after he got his warning he then goes and gives away the penalty uh, which is a nailed on yellow card and gets nothing for it and you know so that sort of opens the floodgates for him to, you know, take more fouls. If that's not, you know, if he's not going to get one for that, then what's like there? We're getting another one. Seeing as you've brought up the pen, I, I think we should probably uh, make mention of that. Uh, nice little move down the right, uh, and one of the um, Snakes players has managed to deflect the ball, and it just uh, it popped up to uh, Zawada, who's basically run through on it and. It was Risden, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Has just chopped him down about half a second late, just didn't get anywhere near the ball, just sheer desperation and nothing else. Yeah. I. The, you don't normally see a ref just point to the spot without kind of checking his earpiece, but he definitely did on that one. Yeah. I'd like to take a bit of responsibility for the miss. Uh, along, with the other, along with the other photographers because uh, there was about five of us standing in the corner in front of the fever and every single one of us put down our long lenses and picked up our uh, shorter lenses <laughs> to, to take the photographs of the celebration before he'd actually taken the penalty and then of course it's saved and we all feel like a bit of numbly so that one's on me and I apologise for that. Well let's be honest mate, you obviously you should know your history better than that. And Costa with penalties while wearing a yellow and black shirt. I know what? No, he's not Roy. He's not Roy Krishna. And Roy was horrendous at penalties. Um, 
admittedly we've had Uli Davila and we've had Toma Hamed. You know, we've had guys in the last three or four years now who are very good at taking penalties. Um, whereas obviously prior to that was Roy and Roy was literally a 50-50 chance of scoring it. So Yeah, yeah. well, when Costa took was taking pens for us, from my recollection was that he was pretty 50-50. And, that is in, uh, and if you compare that with the way he takes sh- uh, pens when he's wearing a, a victory shirt or even, I guess, a Sydney shirt. I don't know if he took too many there, but uh, he was pretty deadly from that spot. He just doesn't seem to like doing it in Wellington. Yeah, I I actually wonder if he is the best in this squad, what they've done in training to determine this, because, uh, I don't know, I feel like Zawada or Krayev may actually be quite good of that skill. Even even Clayton, I think, because he's quite good over a dead ball as well. I would be very surprised if Krayev couldn't take a pretty good penalty. Well, let's just be glad it wasn't Yugakovic because it could have ended up in uh, the <laughs> Yeah, I'd have been worried. I wouldn't have bothered putting down the long lens if he'd stepped up. Well, you need the long lens to shoot back into the crowd up to the top. <laughs> um, yeah, we should we should give credit to um, uh, Young, the, the uh, Snakes keeper. He did no, we read it well. No, we shouldn't. No, I, no. It, wasn't, it wasn't the best penalty, but he did read it and he did save it well. No. I think any time you save a penalty, unless it, unless they've absolutely cabbaged it, it's you know it's worth noting. Jones, I snakes, th- man, I can't give him the credit for that. Yeah, I'll be honest though. He had he had some moments there that uh, made me very hopeful. Unfortunately, they didn't pop up. Uh, so yeah, with that with that, we're still one nil up, uh, and everything's going well. A, a minor a minor scare towards the end of the first half. Um, where they made a break, if I believe, and Sale uh, pulled out his best work just to save some blushes and probably the big spray from Ufi at halftime if, you, if you'd if you gone in one, one all after uh, that kind of performance. Uh, and it carried on. It felt like it carried on a bit that way. Um, Snakes came into it a little bit, but um, it, it did feel dominant to me. Uh, how did it feel to you guys? I mean, first half was, yeah, was dominant. I think the start of the second half, I felt a little bit of a bit more even and a little bit more nervousness that they were going to sort of get back into it. Um, but then obviously, um, Krayev scored that, that goal, which is basically out of nothing, which kind of relaxed most people after that. And I think, you know, if we'd survived another. But I think if we survived to like 75 minutes at 2-0, I think we would have been fine. I think. Um, momentum's a funny thing, eh, I think, in football and, and, you know, to go to concede, you know, quite soon after with basically the first decent chance. You know, just gave us a little bit of speed wobbles, I think. I will tell you that I was sitting with a mate who's a football fan, um, but not normally a Knicks fan. And I had gotten this weird feeling like just before the Crive goal, and even though we scored it, it was kind of like, I think we're well capable of nixing this up. And as soon as they broke down the left, I was like, oh, no, we're in trouble here. <laughs> and sure enough, Jacob Trad unfortunately, popped up at the back post, even with two defenders around him uh, not doing a tremendous amount. He's got a good head on it and stuck it in the goal. I mean, that, no, that was the that was the, f- the first one was uh, the corner. Um, that was it? On it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That was Previch. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, which, yes, that was the near post flick on, and the if, if Cam's going to take um, responsibility for the missed penalty, I think Fever Zone needs to take responsibility for this goal because as um, Hilkenny starts to walk up, I can't remember what the chant was now, but it was something like you know shit ta- shit team no fans or something at the more you're so shit it's unbelievable. From the other end, I heard that, <laughs> and, and we're like, "This is going to end up bad." And then, boom! Yeah, near post flick to Trap, who just didn't have anyone within two meters of him. I don't know how because he was the only one there, um, and somehow mm. we, we, we we clocked off. Someone didn't pick up, and it's not like we don't know he can do that, right? Because he's done that here. I would just—I've yeah. got a great photo of him scoring a header past victory. Exactly the same from across this coming. So was it a header? I thought it was a little half volley, wasn't it? No, he scored a header past um, past Lawrence Thomas. No, no I mean no, no, victory. on the weekend, on the weekend. Ah, true. 
Oh, okay. Oh, to be fair, I was down the other end and I refused to watch the replay. So um, it could easily have been a little uh, tap. I thought he was with his head, but my bad. No, for for me, where we lost that was the that near post flick on. There was like I I don't like when someone gets an uncontested free head. Uh, there there should have been there should have been a body going towards the ball and at least putting themselves in the way, right? Yeah, it was it was obvious what was happening because um, Kilkenny when he he was like signalling with his hand what the run was going to be. It was, he kind of like pointed to the ground. Yeah, in front of where everyone was. So it was quite clear it was a move or, or Kilkenny had spotted something that he thought he could exploit. So I don't know how we clocked off after scoring, going 2-0 up and, and weren't really paying attention. Yep, that was bad. Obviously, that's, that turned things slightly sideways, not helped by a bit of panic on the bench as uh, uh, the uh, head coach was screaming, trying to get uh, a sub on. Uh, Ufi tried to bring on... Um, Tim Payne. Tim Payne. And uh, unfortunately, there was a comms issue uh, getting hold, basically contacting the refereeing team, and he didn't get him on. And unfortunately, that break up the left uh, resulted in Prejevich at the back post. Um, the Marsden medalist, leaving the Marsden medalist um, from the grand final uh, with a free head, is probably not your best defensive play. I actually think you've um, you've skipped the single most important part of the change in momentum in this game which was the subbing on of uh, Diamante. Because I think... He wasn't subbed on by that yes, stage. Yes, he was. He, a... came, he came on in the 67th minute straight after they scored their Did first he? goal. Yeah. And so the influence they had and the change of momentum and the creativity in the final third, the transitional speed, um, all came down, in my opinion, came down to the influence that he had, the attraction of the markers that he brought to create space for the other players to do their thing as well. Uh, he was a massive influence on the last 25 minutes of that game. He was a Did he come on at the same time as Prejevich? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Ah, right. Yeah. So he, he, he was an enormous influence, in my opinion, on the final 25 minutes of that game. He was uh, just showed that true class that the player of his ability does have. Um, obviously, he doesn't have 90 in his legs anymore, being, I think he's about 37, 38 or something. He's getting on. 37. Yeah, so he's quite he's getting on and, uh, you know, he, does, he is struggling for the full 90 but what a player what a what an absolute freaking amazing player he is um i think it's safe to say by the the 85th minute we were in full panic stations <laughs> uh, it was some desperate attempts at defending uh yeah at, at 80 minute at 80 minute mark uh when we we're taking shirts off i i turned behind me and said to Evald, i said what minute do you think we have to put shirts back on he went 87 and I went 84. I went 84 and I nailed it by about 10 seconds. It was about nice. 10 seconds out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It was just, you could tell it was coming. You could, but, you could I mean, feel it was it. Yeah. yeah, although, I mean, having said that, um, the last few years, and if we haven't really, like, we've had these kind of games where we've lost control of the game, but we've just put in us, you know, we've rode it like, Oli Sales pulled off some blinders and somehow we've, we've managed to drag out results. So, like, while this, you can see this coming, it wasn't something we've done lots in the last couple of years. We may have done it in you know, previous previous seasons under different regimes, perhaps when <laughs> Andrew Drento was, was at the back. Cough, cough. Um, but um, more recently, we haven't really coughed up games this badly. So it, while it's felt like it was coming, it, it's a little bit out of the blue. Yep, that's fair, I think. Oh, but I've never, I don't think I've really felt like the it's been, all, those previous games, it's been all hands to the pumps as opposed to running around going, don't panic, don't panic, which it just looked like there was a lot of panic and a lot of like not quite trusting the system, not quite knowing what to do maybe. Um, I, I think the, the free kick that we conceded in that 94th minute was exactly that. You know, the, you, you benchmarkers don't dive in and especially not then. And someone sure as hell went, I don't know who it was. Sam Sutton. And which is a real shame because he had a blinder. I actually think he played really, really well in that game, but that um, his decision for that foul was the wrong decision. His execution was poor. And uh, like it, it 
it was unnecessary at the time that mm. he did it. Um, a simple shepherd or, you know, holding holding station would have actually probably been fine. He didn't need to commit to that challenge. Um, and it's just given them a, a free shot, basically. Yep. Unfortunately, a free shot when you've got someone who can take a set piece like uh, Diamante is... What a goal. Honestly, like, yeah, it fucking hurts. But what a goal. That Shut was up, Cam. just... That was... Not really... I'm not ready to discuss it. Uh, okay, and fear, like I'm feeling that pain, man. I really am, and I say I refuse to rewatch this game purely because of that. But that was a spectacular finish. That was first-class football. Oh, I'm with you, Dubs. Uh, tell me, you didn't feel it as soon as that foul was committed. You kind of knew what was going to happen. Well, at that stage, I, I was sitting in my seat because I, I knew what I, I could. I could sense what was coming. I just didn't want to watch. I refused, and then. You hear the the groan of the crowd. You like uh, you stand up and you can just see the players strewed on the ground of like you know on the floor and heads and hands and that kind of stuff. So, but if, if yeah. I can just pivot back to one sort of um, I guess another point, the particular spot where we really had another chance to to kill a game off. I think it was after Ball and Wayne Van Hedem. Van Hedem came on. It made a good run centrally, and he and he and he squared the ball. I think to David to David Ball who who blazed over, but there was someone on the left hand side. I think it may have been mm. Ben Wayne, Wayne who was, was absolutely Wayne. in clear, you know, clear run to goal. And if we just slipped it to his left instead of going right, I think you know we would have been in. And I think at that stage it was I think it might have been two one. So could have pushed it out, was out, yeah it yeah. was two one. And they've just they've literally gone down the other end and scored after that. Yeah, I don't know what was quite going on with the the tactics when Wayne was on because it seemed like we when we played those route one balls we were playing in front to Zawada we're playing as a hold up whereas with Wayne we were playing in it over the top and it was just so low percentage we kept on turning the ball over and just let them get back in the game and it just felt like I know Wayne's got some speed and he's um and he's good in behind and he he's he's a good poachers kind of player that can just snaffle those ones but it's still a very very low percentage it just didn't feel like it was playing clever odds we we made we made the same point in the previous week where um zavada and wayne interpret that nine role very differently and zavada's hold up will come short for a ball will hold the ball up and bring other players in whereas wayne is over the top run onto the ball running behind the way that we're that zavada was playing that particular nine roll suited the particular opposition that we had. And they were much happier having Wayne chase the ball in behind than they were having to deal with Savada bringing in Costa and bringing in Sutton and bringing in Elliot and bringing in Kraev when, uh, when the, with the hold up play. So yeah, it's just, I agree with you entirely that, you know, Wayne, Wayne is a great athlete. He's a, he's a really good uh, striker, but the way that he'd interpreted that role and was playing that role was different. And Western United found it easier to cope with. Hmm. Yeah, it did feel like um, the um, ball players in behind him just didn't adapt. Like that, I would have hoped that you would have had ball peeling off. If Wayne's going to make those runs, ball should be peeling off into the middle and look for that space and and play that link play. But either their defensive midfield read that too well, or um, or he wasn't making those runs. I, I can't really tell you one way or the other, but it just felt like there was just at least one missing step in there. Just To be fair, they might have trained for Wayne. S- they may have trained expecting Wayne and Ball to start that game. And when they've come on and played that, they go, like, okay, this is what we've expected, and are able to deal with it. And the, they hadn't uh, trained for Zavada and Crave the way they've been playing, perhaps. Mm. I, don't know, I mean, there's lots of reasons why this could have happened, right? It's just a, an idea. Yeah. Yeah. But just the, the not adapting is it's disappointing uh, in my mind. Um, good to see Zavada um, showing some of the ability that he's got. Obviously, that nicely taken goal, as you mentioned, Dale, and um, the uh, one penalty, just proving that he he's got a he's got an eye for knowing when to pop up and play the uh, play the basic role well. Yeah, someone pointed out to me. Um... That when Hamid came, he didn't score for quite a few games and then went on a big run. And I think people might have been sort of quite critical of him at the start. But 
you know, if he still talks about, you know, players are still learning their roles and stuff like that. So I'm kind of hopeful that after the break, you know, he might get on a bit more of a more consistent scoring run. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, with to be fair, we've we've scored twelve goals in, in six games, so we've scored the second most. Uh, we've also conceded the second most, which is also not helpful. But um, it's the first time I was having a look the other day. It's the first time we've scored in every single one of our first six games um, ever. Wow. So um, it shows, I guess, maybe, maybe uh, perhaps it shows that we're slightly too imbalanced. Maybe if we're scoring lots and conceding lots. I think it shows that we're missing a six. I think it shows that the biggest issue you have for this team, balance-wise at the moment, is that you're playing two eights and expecting one of them to hold. And what you need is you need Roofer back sitting in that um, sitting in that holding position. I, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm surprised Pennington didn't come on that game in that second half. Yeah, Even yeah me after, too. After that first, maybe after that first goal. Um, um, just to give something a bit more defensively minded. That that first substitution we did, um, I think it might have been Ball and Wayne, but it felt very. I, I thought that was Pennington coming on. I I just naturally assumed that the, we'd be looking to shore it up and make them work harder, but obviously not. Um, is there anything we want to cover off on this game before we uh, move along to the rest of the league? Apart from the absolute deflation that I felt walking out of the ground, no. <laughs> um, I, well, the, if I can put one glad tiding there, I brought my boy along, and uh, despite saying he was he he only liked teams that win, he did <laughs> say he quite enjoyed it and is looking forward to it getting nearer the area where they do the singing and take their shirts off. Well, so, I, Frosty, I'm glad you've started on, on a, a very disappointing losing game so he doesn't yep. get his expectations. Set the bar low. Yeah, that's how we roll in my, my house. I'm there to squash all hope. Um, that's not a way I can pivot at all into the rest of the A-League, but I will do so uh, anyway. Uh, Adelaide gave um, Victory a bit of a touch-up, 3-0. Uh, the... <laughs> The Sydney Derby, the return of Ninkovic, uh, has resulted in somehow, somehow the Wanderers getting another win, this time 1 0. Um, oh, that pains me so much. Melbourne City, despite a red card, getting up 2 1 of Newcastle. Uh, obviously, we lost to the Snakes. Uh, and the Mariners uh, being pipped with. Uh, one, they kept Brian Caltech getting himself a nice red card, uh, which I thought was a little rough. But it's a long know. way out from goal with Ferris for a uh, dog so away. Eh? No one, no one around, no one around. There was there was other defenders coming across. They were away, we were away, but I reckon they're going to influence his opportunity to shoot for that from uh, from where he is. Um, uh, our esteemed uh, refereeing assessor panel were pointed out that basically it's a denial of any kind of goal scoring opportunity as opposed to a good goal scoring opportunity and I think that's what it was so um, but yeah MacArthur pipping them 3-2 so that is the glorious round that has broken my heart to be quite frank if if we were in this same position after six games at the start of the season would would you have taken this position at the start of the season no no I think I preseason I generally thought we should be sitting in the top six. I still think of the performances we are we are very Jekyll and Hyde, and when we are Hyde we are very Hyde. Uh, when we are Jekyll we are very Jekyll. So we've had some like some really good uh, consistent play. Take the Mariners where for ten minutes they played well and the rest of the game was ours and we drew two two. This game where for seventy minutes we were excellent and then for twenty minutes and we lose three two. You know, so there's there's too much of that. If we get the the all the good parts, we sit in the top six quite comfortably. Um but so no, I'm not happy and I wouldn't have taken where we are because I think we should be sitting in that top six and performing in those that seventy minute performance that we had against Western that for ninety minutes by now. It's frustrating, right? I mean, with all that, we're only two points off fourth, like. Yes. Yeah, but we're also uh, sitting, what are we, eighth equal with tenth. Yeah. Without so, doubt, I think we should have at least five more points. 
we should be sitting in, I think, third, if I did the math correctly, because we should have had three points against Western United, and we should have had at least another two points from the, uh, the Mariners game, and possibly an extra two points from Adelaide as well. One of those two games we should have uh, we should have been getting a, uh, a win out of. So yeah, but my reckoning it was it, we should have been sitting fifth. This is the game we should have won, and that would have got us fifth, and you know a step on a. I think at least a couple of points on six downwards. Yeah. Um, right. So on to talk about something far more exciting. Uh, the women's game. We are joined back by Tracy, who's just walked in the door. Hello, Trace. Hi. Tracy, did, did you watch the, the men's game at the front row of Friday night jams or whatever it was like you did at uh, 660? Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, we were pretty pressed up against that fence and there was a lot of angry drunk people around us even quite early in the day so there was no watching much football um there was uh score checks um and then there was disappointment disappointment but then there was live music so we just drank and (laughs) danced and forgot about it (laughs) Uh, you seem to have had the same experience as Lily did, checking the scores while sitting on the on the bench for the uh, women's um, preseason game. She said she was checking it and then kind of looking and going, "Uh oh, uh oh," <laughs> and then then realizing that the men's team had three days off before they went back and uh, back for training. To Ufi, three days to calm down, <laughs> or, or or fire up because he hasn't been able to work it out yet. Oh yeah, that you make a good point, Cam. I could see him holding a grudge. Anyway, onto the onto the women's game. So, no, um, November the thirteenth, the first proper home game for the Wahenix. Uh This is looking big. Uh, some unfortunate news, unfortunately. Uh, if I could say fortunate a few more times, that would probably make it even harder for Dale to edit this. <laughs> uh, Grace Wisniewski has un- torn a calf muscle, and while it ruled her out of the um, uh, the Ferns game, uh, I've heard from the camp that they're, they're still thinking she might tough it out, which I think is a bold call, especially for a midfielder. Um, I But I don't know her. She might be tough as nails. It's a risk though, isn't it? Like first yeah. game of the season, I know you want to be out there and she probably wants to be out there for a historical point of view and as well as just a, I want to play, but it's risky from a, longevity perspective yeah and she is a very important part of the team now um she's still young but still having a major impact last year um she could be a real big player this year uh as you say uh taking risks uh trace exactly what happened with emma ralston in the ferns game she's had some back injuries and they brought her on and she lasted 15 whole minutes before she had to go off so that's that's two players and and Rolo's a big miss. As much as Wisniewski's a big miss, Rolo that's got to be that's got to hurt the team. Yeah, mate, you make a great point. Um, she's obviously a, a quality player because you know she gets caught up for a reason, and the influence she has uh, in a in a squad of such uh, young players is going to be quite massive. So, yeah, hopefully it's not bad. Hopefully it's just a precautionary thing for her to come off, and she'll be okay for Sunday. But you know, it's um, again like Trace said with the Grace thing. It's is it something you really want to risk, or you know, looking forward? It's a long enough season that you know you perhaps come, you know, five or six weeks down the track from now, you need that kind of influence coming back. You also have people like Paige Satchel, you know, who and and Ava Pritchard, who are going to be more than capable players playing up front. So I guess it's um, what a, yeah, it's a toss up, isn't it? And ho- hopefully she's okay, obviously, but. Uh, if she's not, I still think we have the talent up front to score some goals. Yeah, that's fair. I think that, yeah, as you say, there's enough there's enough quality players up there that maybe risking her this early is is uh, a gamble too far. But again, I don't know what how how bad that back injury is, but it seems persistent. That's those things are a bastard to rehab. I can tell you that for free. Um. Uh. I did have some news from the illustrious researcher for this um, pod saying that uh, Wilkinson won't be available for um, Melbourne City, though. That is somewhat more positive news for the um, Wahenix. 
she is a quality player. Yeah, she she bossed the league last week, last year, didn't she? I think she was got on got on the boot from from memory. So having her out, good news for us. Obviously, not not good for her or the ferns, I suppose. I think she got a knee injury, so I think she I think it's a knee injury, so she's out for her. They say a few weeks or the start of the season, whatever that means. Mm. Disappointing when you want to watch the best players play, uh, and obviously she's a she's an absolute quality player, but. Um, I don't mind the defending champions when they play us not having their best striker on the park. So, you know, it's, uh, she can keep playing from week two for all I care, but I'm quite comfortable with her not being in there on Sunday. Yeah, it feels like it's a bit of um, Mother Nature squaring up the the uh, ledger <laughs> a bit, just uh, levelling it out a bit. Because let's be honest, it's going to be a tough game against City anyway. They are a quality all-round side. How are we feeling about um, not having Lily? We've probably talked about this, but and I've missed well, it. But no, we haven't actually. Um, it's a bit of an unknown because I just don't know these two other keepers. Lily speaks highly of them. She did in uh, our pod uh, with different qualities, but um, yeah, I, I didn't think is it Brianna that um, played the one game last year. Yep, I thought she looked was decent. Yeah, yeah, I th- thought she looked decent. Very, very young. Hopefully, you know, massive upside for her now. I mean, both, both the keepers are young. Um, but, yeah, they're both, like what I've seen of them thus far, they uh, look like they've got their decent young keepers um, who, you know, they've got uh, good ability. I'm not concerned about... Uh, well, I mean, obviously it would be great to have Lily play and she's the number one keeper for a reason, but I'm not concerned that the deputies aren't up to ALW level. I believe that either of them, whoever they choose to play, will do an able job. I've got to say, thinking now back about Lily's performance last season, there was quite a few games she kept us in that. She, you know, she made some big big quality saves for that we she had no right to make from you know effectively in the six yard box so yeah I I, I don't know enough about these keepers to say that they won't but you know it's still got to feel a, it's not just a loss of far of the keeper but also you know she's the skipper and she's she's very charismatic and I I know that the um, team uh, really rally around her so that I think that's probably the bigger loss more than the the goalkeeping loss. Interesting you say about the charisma. Um, obviously, in our group chat after you spoke with her on Monday night, um, you know, you said that she was great to talk to. And I've just been in another group chat um, with people who were at the season launch today. Um, and basically, like, everybody loves Lily. Yeah, oh, impossible not to. She's just a genuinely nice person. Um, and she's so enthusiastic about I mean what struck me was that she was so enthusiastic despite the fact that she wasn't going to be playing this game and she knew she wasn't there wasn't even an outside chance she was just like no I'm I'm so wrapped that we're playing here and the girls are going to get out there like that is that is very wholesome as the kids would say I think you you asked the question something like what are you looking forward to this season and that's quite an open question she's like the first game and it was basically even though I'm not there I'll get to witness you know, the team going out at home, which I think is quite, um, I guess, perhaps reflective of where she sees, I don't know, herself in the team. You know, the team is, is more important than her personal, you know, goal or or desire for the season. So it's quite, and you, you can see, you know, you can see why she's captain. You can see why people would follow her to the, yeah. Yeah, taking that leadership role seriously, which is great, even though she's not injured and still being, you know, involved wherever she can and still being the leader of that group is is, is massive. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that that'll be a bit of a miss, but hopefully there's an, I mean, the good thing about this year's uh, Wahenic side is there's now a lot, a lot of Ferns experience in there, uh, a lot of international experience as well, international clubs. So you would hope that that, maybe that a little bit of that leadership can be spread over the rest of the team because uh, there, there's still quite a few young inexperienced players in there. You know, their only taste was last season. With um, with um, all those players that obviously do have current injuries that aren't playing, who do you think we're going to start? I 
genuinely don't know. I mean, you, you mentioned the uh, starting lineup that, uh, sorry, the the forward line. It's there's an abundance of ability there, and you're kind of like it. It's who do you leave out rather than who do we find to start? I mean, the knocks the knocks to obviously Michaela uh, Robertson is and. Um... Emma Ralston. Let's let's just rule those two out. I don't know whether they'll play or not, right? But let's just rule those two out for this current. You would still start Paige Satchel, Ava Pritchard, and Betsy Hassett if you're going to go for a front three, or even if you're going to go for a four-five-one with the two wingers moving up, and you know, which would I would say be Satchel and Hassett and Pritchard playing up front. But then you've got like in attacking midfield, you've got someone like Alyssa Winham, who is a fantastic player um, and absolute the the ability she has on the ball is like phenomenal such a skillful player that you're right there's there's so much attacking talent within that sphere it is hard to decide who doesn't start yeah yeah i think when it goes further back uh, obviously especially with losing wisniewski you're going to expect uh is it gomez yeah yeah isabel gomez yep yeah, you're probably going to expect her to do that, but she's a bit more of a uh, a terrier eight, or Chloe um, Not, or someone like that in there. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think Chloe Not played that that kind of role later on uh, last season when Grace had time off. But still, it's kind of like we the further you go back, the more it's not a scramble, but certainly there's not an, as abundance of experience. Whereas that forward line, there definitely is. Um, I, I guess we're expecting uh, Taylor and uh, Mackenzie Berry in at centre back. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's going to be centre back pairing for the whole season, probably, isn't it? But barring injury, uh, maybe maybe Marissa Vandermeer as well. She might get to a few minutes in there too. Um, I think your rotation possibly be in your fullbacks more yeah. than anything else. Um, yeah. It did feel like last year's full uh, fullback was the most contended position. Um, yeah, there was a lot of chopping and changing. Yeah, like Saskia and um, Zoe, I would probably start, I think. Um, but I'm not that's having not seen much of uh, Claudia or Charlotte, so or Michaela to be fair. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know. Um, I think, but I think yeah, you start Kate Taylor and Mackenzie Barry. I think probably start the first game mm, yeah i i can't imagine the way they settled in and and took control that uh whole season and there's no there's no more experienced center backs to come in i, I think it's almost a it's almost a given isn't it um the I, fact I, that both of them have got minutes for the ferns just shows how they've developed this how how that first season has gone you know and how well those guys have performed yeah um yeah, just certainly, you'd st- you'd you'd have faith in those in the players that have done it already. Certainly at this part of the season, anyhow. Actually, you make a good point there. That the we look at the who was the standout player for the Wahenix last year: uh, Mackenzie Berry, Kate Taylor, Lily Orfeld, uh, Alyssa Winham, Grace Wisniewski. Those were people that kind of showed that they had the capacity to play at a professional level, even though they were young, even though it was their their uh, debut season and they've all gotten um they've all gotten minutes for the ferns so it does show an ability to step up but it also shows that there is a direct path to the ferns yeah just which is i guess the whole point behind this team isn't it the whole point is there is now such a clear and obvious pathway via the next academy um into into a professional environment, into a possible you know international call up, and it can only work wonders for the women's game in the country. The same way it's done fantastic things for our men's team as well. I'm not really sure where we can go from here, apart from to say uh, go on uh, go on the Wahenix. Um Unfortunately, I won't be there to cheer them on, um, but uh, I am sending people in my place bearing my ticket, so I'm going to take credit. Uh, you're going and looking forward to it. Yeah, just it please me. make sure that you watch a recording of the match if you don't watch it live. <laughs> um, no, I will be there. I'm jazzed. Yep. Um, the, we should we should pay um, special mention to uh, Domi and the rest of the, the Wellington Phoenix pushing so hard 
for the promo. Um, what is it? Two for one adults, kids go free, a double page uh, ad in the um, paper today as well. Um, really pushing hard for 10,000, which is a hell of a, an achievement or would be for um, a women's professional, uh, what is it, A-League women's side. What was the, Dale, uh, you told me the, um, what the... It's about 5.8, the record crowd's about 5.8, I think. Uh, there is one bigger, I think, 8,000 that was played before an A-League men's game. So... So if we get over five something, it'll be our, the biggest standalone. But if we get over eight something, then it'll be the biggest ever. So eminently achievable, and it just yeah, it's. I think it's ambitious and also really great to see the the club getting into that and really pushing hard for that for that um, breakthrough home game. Can I get a ticket for someone else with my membership? Like, if it's buy one get one free, does that happen or no? Um, I believe that. I saw on Twitter, and I think you can contact the um, uh, the admins. Okay. Uh, I think I think ring Ticket Tech, I think, and they will get you one. All oh, right. Was that it? I think so. Cool. So I can only uh, move on to the next and just be a little disappointed that I'm not getting to go, but I will be watching, even if I have to sit at Toast Martin Brewer with my phone now. Because what could be better than a casual wine and watching football um, while getting hit over the back of the head for watching football while I'm with the missus? So. <laughs> you have not planned this well at all, buddy. Oh, we we bought the tickets three years ago and COVID's just COVID at us, so. Oh, true. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. you you got to take that one for the team. Yeah. I, yeah. If it was, if we win every year, then I, I'd probably try sit, my luck. But Sit this one out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not this is not the time to try my luck. No. Uh, on to local football. We have some results uh, from the local fields. Um, Christchurch United going down to Auckland City three uh, two. Auckland United getting up over Kashmir Tech two one. Uh, the mighty Murma Rangers again going down three two, but this time to Melville. Uh, the Weenix getting a one-all draw with Bubbles, which is a mighty effort. Undeserved. Uh, doesn't matter. It's on the scoreboard. Yeah, very undeserved. Uh, but Olympic only has themselves to blame for that. They hit the crossbar, missed so many clear-cut opportunities, some one-on-ones. Um, Albie and goal for the Knicks made some good saves, and, yeah, they, they were made to rue some pretty pretty impressive uh, creative football um olympic were um certainly certainly like another day they win that game 5-1 yep well i'm not that upset i'm still bearing a grudge from under 11s when i got karate kicked by a bubbles player so (laughs) hold those grudges kids i've I've seen you play football and you've definitely got your own back wasn't wasn't barry lewis was it (laughs) no we're the same age group mate it probably was no, I don't think it was because I came across Barry um, uh, other times and uh, did my level best to avoid him, which wasn't wasn't hard when you're playing um, left fullback. You can you can normally get a little bit of space out there and cross the ball early. Don't wait, <laughs> don't wait while he's steaming in. Um, and that final game was Napier City Rovers one all with Birkenhead. That leaves the table looking. Uh, a little less appetising for the bubbles. They are now sitting second on goal difference behind Auckland City. It's, I think it's I think it's second on head to head. I think. Oh, is it head to head? Definitely head to head. Yeah. Oh, okay. I will take your word for it. Head to head then. Um, who knows how these things work? Just give me clear points, please. If they win their if they win their last two games, uh, they've got Christchurch United and Miramar Rangers. If they win their last two games, they will be finishing top two um, because they beat Auckland United. So um, yeah, the grand final is going to be in Auckland um, at uh, I think it's penciled in for North Harbour QBE at the state at the stage. But um, yeah, so getting first in the table doesn't matter. Just finish top two, so you got a chance of. Um, Making that final. Yep. Um, we, we we know that we know that QBE is Andy Martin's uh, New Zealand's Wembley. 
<laughs> yeah. So well, hopefully the there. grass doesn't have to be sprayed on this time. So, <laughs> yeah, again, always hold a grudge. It's the fuel for your fire. Um, uh, Bubbles are hosting Crutchett United uh, at 2pm on the 19th. 3pm on the 19th is Birkenhead uh, hosting Auckland United. Uh, 4pm, same day, uh, Melville hosting Napier City. Uh, then 3pm on the Sunday, Auckland City hosting Miramar Rangers. Uh, that could be painful, Trace. I feel their pain already. Uh, Kashmir Tech hosting uh, the Weenicks. And that is the um, draw for the men's. Is there anything to say other than go the Wahenix? Because that's all I've got in my mind at the moment. They are going to be at uh, Chemist Warehouse on uh, Lambton Key tomorrow at eleven thirty. So, if you're in town and you want to meet some of the some of the women, then uh, head on down to Chemist Warehouse on uh, Lambton Key and um, say hi. Photo opportunity, sign your next shirt, something to do at lunchtime. Perfect. Should we just clarify? Is this Thursday? Thursday, true. Actually, you make a good point. I should say Thursday and not tomorrow because you may not listen to this in time. Dale may not even edit it in time to get it out. So if you haven't, if it's if it's Friday and you're listening to this, sorry you've missed them. But uh, <laughs> if, if it's Thursday morning, there you go. You've got something to do on your morning tea or lunch break. Uh, I think Dale's willing to guarantee that it will be out before the game uh, is played. So just get along to the game. Uh, I, I've learned long ago not to make too big a promises for uh for editors mate so <laughs> sorry i shouldn't laugh Let, let's just go with it'll be out before the game um any final comments people no i got nothing just go the knicks go the way hey knicks looking forward to it guys i hope you all are it should be amazing uh We'll be there to talk about it afterwards, as we always are, and hopefully we are not holding the grudge that we did for the men's game. Thanks, peeps. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.